So I got a question. Have you ever wound up in a place and you're like, how did I get myself here? Or you walk in and you're like, ah, this is not the spot for me. There's all kinds of different situations. It might be you turned an alley and you're like, ah, no, this is not my spot. How many of you guys have ever went to the wrong bathroom? That's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. Or maybe you showed up to play a sport and then you started seeing everybody else play this sport and you thought, I do not belong in this place. So we get ourselves sometimes in situations and I want to kind of tell you about a, a situation I got myself in. So a few, a few years back, I was in Birmingham and I was there for a conference and it was the end of the day. And I was in my hotel room and I went to take out my contacts because if you didn't know, I'm about as blind as can be if I don't have my contacts in. So I go to take them out and I realize I don't have any contact lens solution. I'm like, oh man, okay. But then I remembered, I saw a gas station just right near where the hotel we were. I'll just go get some there. I thought, I'll just walk over there. It's a little before 10 o'clock at night. I leave the hotel. I start walking towards the gas station. How many of you have ever started walking somewhere? And when you drove, it seemed like no distance at all. And then you start walking. You're like, this is a little bit farther than I thought. So I'm walking and I think, well, this is a little bit farther than I thought. And I get to this gas station, no contact lens solution. I come out and like, man, I need this solution. I look down the road. It's a four lane road. I look down the road. There's another gas station down there. And I thought, I'll just go get some there. I run across the street. There's no real traffic going on. I run across the street and I walk into this place and the first thing I notice is the same thing I noticed at the last place. There's really thick glass around the cashiers. You know, I'm not really thinking too much. All I look is I'm looking for the contact lens solution. And they've got all kinds of stuff. Slushies, candy, lottery tickets, cigarettes. They have Tostitos and Oreos, guys, come on. <laughs> but there's no contact lens solution at all. I walk back out. I think, man, I need this. And we learned this last week. I'm very stubborn. I'm already out there a ways. But I start looking at the sidewalks, and I notice there's just people kind of meandering around. And there's not a whole lot of traffic. And at first, I'm being a little bit judgy, but then I think, well, you're out here too, dummy. Like, don't be a wimp. And I look down the road and there's like this, I can see like a red glow. So I'm like, that's either a Target or a CVS. One of the two. It's a ways down. I can't really make out, but I'm like, I bet you anything, they've got it. And so it's a street that's lined with, you know, strip malls, you know, Chinese food restaurants, payday loan stuff. And I decide I'm going to stay off these sidewalks because I don't know who these night zombies are. Um, but I'll just kind of stick into the parking lots of the strip malls. And I start walking and then I get a little bit concerned because there's this black SUV that seems to be trailing me. And I think, nah. And then they turn back around and they turn into the parking lot that I'm walking through and now I'm freaking out. Like, what is going on? Fortunately, they roll right past me and they get in line for a fast food restaurant. And I think, hey, crisis diverted, let's just keep walking, no big deal. And I'm walking and I'm walking. And I'm like, am I getting any closer to this place that I'm trying to be heading? 
And then that black SUV is now showed back up. And it's now kind of rolling along, and then it kind of sits in the parking lot across the street, and now I'm really nervous. And I'm thinking to myself, I've watched and seen enough true crime shows to know that Birmingham seems to be a very popular place in these first 48-hour things. (laughs) And I could just hear it in my mind, minister takes the wrong turn. And I'm like, this is, okay, I got to... And then I come up with a really awesome idea. Behind these strip malls, they all seem to connect all the way down to where I'm trying to head. So I'm like, this black SUV is, I don't, they may not have anything to do with anything, but they're bothering me. I don't like it. So I'll just quickly get behind these stores. You know, the places where like pallets and dumpsters live. Yeah, no, no. Your boy wasn't thinking. I get behind there and I kind of start walking. And then one of the things that hit me is if I make it all the way down there, I got to walk all the way back. That's a long way. And I thought, I'll just call an Uber, big deal. And I'm kind of walking and I'm kind of, you know, now I'm, I'm back there and I'm thinking this was maybe not the best choice. I start to put pieces together in my head. There's bulletproof glass, basically, helping these people that are trying to just sell candy bars. Um, this... I don't really know exactly where I am. Every shadow then starts to kind of bother me and worry me. And usually I'm just like, I'm that person that just doesn't care. I'll just be out there. And then all of a sudden, around the corner in this alleyway comes this black SUV. And now I am definitely being trailed. There is no other way about it. And I am panicking. And I'm like, this is it. I'm dead now. This is the end of Mark today. And so I'm walking along, and all of a sudden, whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police, guys. He pulls up next to me, Birmingham PD. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I've been being trailed by the police. (laughs) And now I'm back there like an idiot with the pallets. And I'm wearing all black, black hoodie, black. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he gets out, he identifies himself, he asks me what I'm doing, he gives me the whole pat down, I have to give him my ID, all these things. He finds out that I'm a minister, he now thinks this is hilarious. He goes on to inform me, hey, this is not the place you really need to be at night. He said, it's known for solicitation and prostitution, this area. And then I thought, these were the night zombies on the sidewalks. Now, Now I know what's going on. And he goes, let me... Man, let me just give you a ride back to your hotel. He goes, do you have a vehicle at your hotel? I'm like, yeah. He goes, why didn't you just drive somewhere? And I thought, I thought the, yeah, just don't ask questions, okay? <laughs> and he takes me back to my hotel. He drops me off. You know, I end up going and driving and getting what I need. But the truth is, if you're here and you're like, why in the world is he telling us that dumb story? Sometimes, guys, we get ourselves... And we find ourselves in dark areas in life. Places where we feel frozen. Places where we feel stuck. Places where we feel like there's there's no way out of this. Feels like the enemy's trailing you and you're just surrounded by life's junk. It's like me. I was stuck out there in this dark valley and this this alleyway. And you guys are stuck sometimes in a dark valley. There are dark valleys that are seasons of life that are way more serious than me in an alleyway. Things like sickness, family struggles, hardships in life. 
Moments where you kind of just wonder, how did I end up in this place? But unlike the police officer who just took me back to where my stupidity started, we have a good shepherd that doesn't want to just take us back to the place we started. He wants to lead us through those dark valleys of life to a new place on the other side. He doesn't want to just take us back. He wants to lead us through something. And today, I want to take a moment to talk about how our good shepherd leads us through life's valleys. And this is important to all of us because all of us are either just coming out of a valley in life, we're in the middle of a dark season, a dark space in life, or we may not know it, but we're about to head into some hardship. The truth is the truth for all of us. We've all either experienced or going to experience or currently experiencing one of life's valleys. And some of you guys today, you came to church and you're thinking, this is it, man. I need hope today. I have come here, God. I need you to give me some hope because I am in a valley and I don't know my way out. And I need just, I need to hear from you today, God. I am in a situation and it's not just a funny story in Birmingham with a happy ending. This is serious to me, God, and I need you to speak today. Well, Today, I hope God's word shouts loudly to you. Because to be honest, a lot of times, I know we come here on Sunday and we sing songs like we just sing. I know breakthrough is coming. And you say, you say these words, you won't stop now. And then you leave and you're like, God, where are you? We walk right out these doors after proclaiming how big we think God is. And then the valley, we walk right back into it. I'm like, God, where are you at? I need you. I need you to show up. How did I get stuck here? And sometimes, guys, we, we may not be in a valley. and We have a Christian friend who is. And sometimes as Christian friends, we can be the worst. Somebody's struggling with something. And really what they need, they need our time. They need our thoughts. They need just a little bit of our attention and we start to try to give them things to cure and, and we say things that even though they may be true, even though they may be verses, even though they may be things that are, that are not wrong, things like, you know, God is working all things for your good. That really hurts when you're in the middle of a valley and you don't know exactly how to get out. Because when you say that, what it kind of feels like is you're saying bad things are just good things in disguise. Wrong. Bad things are bad things. Pain hurts. Sickness actually does lead to death. Sometimes as Christians, we have to understand the reality of life is God is a redeemer, but sometimes I just need you to be there with me. And we have a good shepherd who we can turn to, who isn't like a friend who's trying but just gives bad advice. He's there to guide us through. God takes genuinely bad things, things that the enemy would try to stir up and make us be fearful and have anguish. And he takes those things where the enemy would love to get us to just give up and quit. Valleys of guilt, valleys of shame, valleys of frustration and depression. And our enemy would love us to get stuck in that valley, to stay in that valley. But God wants to lead us through those dark valleys. He wants to lead us to a place where our faith is strengthened in a brand new way and where we feel closer to our shepherd. You know, the, the hard valleys of life can actually make us stronger in faith on the other side. Romans 5, 
Paul is speaking, and this is the message translation. He says this, we continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And now that patience forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next in alert expectancy such as this. We're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. There are times when we're going through something and it's actually producing something in us. We can't see it at that moment. And even if you're in the middle hearing this, you're like, I don't feel it. But if you'll make it through to the other side, you'll see what God has built and developed in you. So today, I want us to realize God is with us in these valleys, but there are some things that we have to do. There are some things that we have to do. Because God won't take a moment of your pain You won't take a moment of your pain and not give it any kind of purpose. And the shepherd that led you, he's leading you in it. He's going to lead you through it. He's going to lead you out of it. So this verse shows us a few things. And here's one of the first things that it shows us. When you're in the valley, you have to keep walking with the shepherd. So there's a picture that I want to show you. This is the Wadi Kelt. This is a, for thousands of years, there's been shepherds, travelers, even Jesus would have traveled through this passageway connecting Jerusalem and Jericho. This is one of the, the deepest, darkest spots of this valley. There's other spots where there's little, you know, waterfalls in different areas. But if you could look closely enough and see it, you'd see way, way deep down there in the shadows, there's actually a pathway that leads through. There's a pathway that's winding through these shadows, but on each side, there are walls. There are walls filled with caves, filled with all kinds of deep shadows. And in these caves and crevices and shadows, predators wait to attack. Robbers would wait to to bounce. The temperatures in these shadows would drop. It'd be, you know, chilly because you're not getting any of that sunlight Because it's all blocked from the road. And when we see a space like this, we're like, I'd rather, and if you're a sheep, you'd be like, I'd rather be where the green pastures are. I'd rather be on the mountaintops. I'd rather be in the valleys. But sometimes the shepherd would have to lead them through this place to get to the next place where they could feed. He'd have to lead them through these places and these passages that would feel like they were just dark and low because he's actually leading them to a better place of health. But here's what we have to understand. There's a thing about valleys. They may have shadows. They may have sorrows. But they are through passages. They are through passages, which this doesn't mean, the the scripture doesn't say he leads us into the cave. Because a cave, a lot of times, will have a back end. He leads us into a valley, which means there's a way in and there's a way out. We just have to walk through it. And we have to stick with our shepherd to walk through it. It doesn't say this. It doesn't say while I hang out in the valley. It doesn't say while I put camp in the valley and make camp in the valley. It says as I walk through the valley. Which indicates this is a temporary place. It's a temporary state. It's transition. There's a brighter path ahead. A hopeful future. And for Christians... 
if you're a Christ follower, problems are always temporary. Blessings are always eternal. And I know that's hard to hear. But the biggest, difficult, hardest valley that we can even possibly go through is death. And death is just a valley that leads to a better beginning. Again, that's really hard to hear, but that's one of the worst things that can happen. And you can be like Paul where you're just like, whatever. I'm, it's just another valley and God's got something even better through the other side. The shepherd doesn't lead us into caves. He guides us through valleys to the other side. There are no dead ends in his guidance. None. There are no dead ends to God's guidance. We sometimes camp out in the valley and decide this is the place, I guess, I'm just, I'm just here forever. And the shepherd wants us to just keep moving, to just keep walking. We get afraid. And it's, it's interesting here. It says the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say the valley of, of death, even though death could be prevalent there. It says the shadow of death. Sometimes we're afraid of shadows and they're really pretty harmless. Charles Spurgeon, he's a, an old, famous preacher. He says this about the valleys of the shadow of death. It said, he says, Death in its substance has been removed. Only shadows of it remain. Nobody is afraid of a shadow. A shadow cannot stop a Christian's pathway even for a moment. The shadow of a dog cannot bite. The shadow of a sword cannot kill. The shadow of death cannot destroy us. Let us therefore not be afraid. Death, guys, even death, the worst thing we can think of is just a shadow that's already been defeated by Jesus Christ. It's already been defeated. And sometimes we're afraid of the dark and we forget that our shepherd is the light of the world. We get afraid of the dark things that we're going through. We have to remember our shepherd is the light of the world. So we have to just keep walking. And you might be like, well, what does that look like to just keep walking through a valley? What does that look like? There's something that a lot of times we, you know, I've done it before. And we, we make sometimes following Christ way too much about emotion and sometimes we just have to get back to just doing the thing just doing the thing doing the thing reading our bible praying and sometimes it feels like i'm just going through the motions but sometimes you need to just start taking steps going through the motions isn't always a bad thing if you're stuck in a deep valley those are the times when you just have to start sometimes going through the motions because you don't know where is god well you just start showing up and you'll see where god is but you've just got to start sometimes going through the motions. It's like when you're starting out an exercise routine. And sometimes you just got to start taking some steps. You just got to start going through there. Because there are times when you may not feel this emotional ooey-gooey relationship with God. And those are the times when it's still, I'm just going to keep walking. I'm just going to keep walking. Not to make it about religion, but just to say, I want to spend time with my God. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm just going to keep doing the, the things that keep me devoted because otherwise what happens is you start setting up camp in the valley. And that's not a place where you are meant to be. It says as I walk through. It also doesn't say as I run through, which means I don't have to be afraid there. I just keep going the pace of Jesus. You know, Jesus, as he lived on the earth, you don't ever hear Jesus running. He tells a story about a dad who runs to go find his son, but Jesus was never rushed or hurried. He just went and he just moved and he spent time with people and he took time with others. 
And if we walk at the pace of our shepherd, we're not going to feel rushed, hurried. We just keep walking. Doesn't mean we won't have fear. Fear is a normal response. Living in it is something that God doesn't want us to do. So we got to just keep moving. Because the truth is, the promise is never life without pain. It's an assurance that our good shepherd will guide us through it. Jesus himself said, in this world, there's going to be trouble. But then he said, I have overcome this world. So we're going to have troubles in this world. But we always have a good shepherd we can go to and an assurance that there's something better waiting for us. So we've got to always think about this. It's a valley, not a cave. It's a valley, not a cave. Whatever darkness you're in right now, whatever you're struggling through, it's a through passage, not a place to just hang out, not a place to just sit, not a place to just decide, well, I guess this is how it is from now on. Man, it's a valley. Let's keep moving. Let's keep going. God is our shepherd. And the moment you realize that the valley is not a place, but it's just a season, your perspective begins to change because you start... Sometimes you get to the, where you start seeing some of the sun break through on the other side and your perspective changes. I'm actually making it through this. But as you get, as you're walking through, your faith is developing. Your relationship with God is changing. And so the first thing you got to do is just keep walking with the shepherd. The second thing is you have to start, you have to just keep talking with the shepherd. When you're in the valley, keep talking with the shepherd. The 23rd Psalm has all kinds of beautiful images, but it's language also can show us something. In its grammar, even, it can show us something. I want you guys to, to see something here. As the song enters the valley, it switches from speaking about God to speaking directly to God. So when it starts, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, and it uses it, its third person. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He restores me. Then in verse 4, it says, you are with me. The whole poem becomes much more personal. It's a dependent faith expressed through a close personal relationship with Jesus, with the shepherd, with God. This becomes a prayer. And we have a shepherd who wants to have a close personal relationship with us. He wants to guide us. So when we're in the valley, it's no longer talking about God, it's talking with God. David is in the, this valley He's talking and giving this song about being in the valley and he goes from talking about who God is to, you know, when we're in a dark place, that's time we have to actually spend time with our shepherd, with God, talking directly to him. It's no longer talking about God, it's talking directly to God. So when we lived in Clarksville, we're, we were, you know, Clarksville's a military town, so we're surrounded by big dangerous dudes, lots of them. And one guy, I, I will never forget his name. His name was Blake, but everybody called him Bull. And there's a reason everybody called him Bull, because he was a big, huge, massive, like, freak of a dude. And if you've ever, if, you, if you're familiar at all with, like, Brock Lesnar, that is what he looked like. And I remember the first time I met him, we were moving in, and he's carrying my couch on his back, like, just by himself. I'm like, who is this guy? I've never met this guy, and he is just crazy. And the other thing about Bull is the thing that he was um, in the military, he was a close combat tactical trainer, which means he was the guy that trained other people how to beat the tar out of other people. So close combat tactical trainer, think UFC fighter. And that's what his, one of his major things that he did in the military. So he's massive. On top of that, 
he's a combat trainer and he, he loved to tell stories of his fights and he liked to fight. He was just, that's who he was. Now, if for, go with me for a second. Let's just say I'm with my buddy Bull and we go to Lexington. And we're in Lexington and I'm wearing a UT t-shirt. Go Vols, just kidding. That's not my team. But I walk in there, head to, like, got just this orange. I'm, and I see some guy walks in. And, you know, there's some people that get way more worked up about stuff than they need to. And he gets all mad at me. And he sees me in the UT shirt. And he starts cussing me and being mean. And he was, he's trying to pick a fight with me. Let's just pretend Bull's just right outside the, the gas station, right outside there. And I'm not about to fight some dude over, you don't like my T-shirt. But. If I just start saying things about Bull, Bull six foot three, and I just start talking about who he is, Bull get, brought me lunch last week. Bull really likes root beer, usually without the root. <laughs> if I just start shouting things about Bull, that's not going to help me at all. But if I go and get him, and I say, hey, come here, Bull. Usually if people saw him, they'd be like, all right, you cool, you cool. But if not, Bull would have no problem coming to my defense. But it's only when I'm close with him, when I speak directly to him, when I go and get him. Our God is bigger, badder, and stronger than Bull. And sometimes it's not just about knowing about him. It's not just saying things I know about God. It's having this relationship where we're saying, God, I need you right now. Guys, when we're walking through a valley, the enemy, I hate to tell you this, is not afraid of you. He's not. Cougars are not afraid of sheep. But you know what they are afraid of? The shepherd. The enemy's not afraid of us, but he's afraid of the God that we serve. He's afraid of the shepherd that is leading us and guiding us. And so, so when we feel like we're overcome by our enemy, that's when we go and we call out to the shepherd, hey, Jesus, I need you right now. And David is speaking this type of language. You lead me through. He goes from talking about God to directly to him. So let me encourage you. If you're in a space right now where it feels dark, start calling out to God. Start crying out to him. Hebrews 13.6 says this. So we Say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Those are the type of verses that we have to just sometimes cry out directly to God. God, you are my helper. Anything I'm going through, I know that it, it, when you're there with me, you're my protection, you're my source, you're my hope. But we have to cry out to him. We have to call out to him. When a sheep is in distress, man, it starts making all kinds of noise. And there's times when we're afraid to just call out to God. And I would encourage you, if you're in the middle of those valleys, if something is, you're dealing with is difficult and hard, start calling out to God. Start crying out to Him. Because we have God's own assurance of His presence. He's with us. When we're in battles, when we're in challenges, when we're in valleys, we don't have to fear any evil because He is with us. We don't have to fear any evil because we have a good Savior who's defeated the most evil thing of death. It's, he's defeated that. We don't have to fear that. Just keep with the shepherd. So, I'm going to be real honest. I had one more point. 
And it was about this last part about the rod and the staff. And I had this funny story about this time that I thought I was a Ninja Turtle and busted my nose. And it was, you know, it was clever. It was great. But one of the things that I do before I finish up a message is I just spend some time with God. And I pray the prayer that I pray up here. I pray it even before God. Your words, not mine. If there's anything in here, God, that you want me to do, it's not about being clever. It's about being obedient. God, and I don't want to just... I don't want to just entertain people. I don't want people to just be like, think, oh, well, that was, I want your presence and your power to be here. I always pray that. And I was done. And God said, nah. That last point is good, but they don't need to hear that right now. He said, I need you to tell them something different. So God laid on my heart something that I think there are multiple people in here that need to hear this. And I was mad because I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to go back to writing. But I was going to be obedient. So here's what I felt like God wanted me to to say. There are some of you guys who are are in a valley. And there's all kinds of different valleys that we can be in. Valleys of financial stress, marital hardships, kids that have turned away from Christ. But there's a specific valley that I want to speak to today. Today. And it's the valley of insecurity and apathy. And here's what this looks like. The valley of insecure apathy leaves you saying this. What's the point? What's the point? It's a valley where you feel like you've misplaced your future. You don't understand your purpose. And it's a dangerous place to be, guys. Because apathy turns to discontentment. Discontentment leads to discouragement. Discouragement can lead to depression. And we hide out in caves of depression and get stuck in that valley. So I'm here today to say, if you're stuck just in that apathetic mindset of what's the point? What's the point of coming to church? What's the point of being generous? What's the point of serving? What's my purpose? What's the point of all of this? God has something different to say. And I got two groups that I want to speak to specifically that kind of covers everyone in here. First one I want to speak to is just the young people. There are young people in here today that are stuck in the valley of insecurity and apathy. And it feels dark. It feels deep. To my young adults, to my young parents, to my kids, to my teenagers, listen to me for a moment. If you feel like you don't measure up, if you're letting whispers of comparison creep in to say, I can't contribute anything because I'm not as good as that person. If you feel like I'm just going to sit on the sidelines until... One day when I, then I will. If you're thinking I can't do anything right now because I'm just, I don't measure up quite yet. If you came out of a broken relationship and you've just decided what's the point of relationships anyways, I'm just going to shut myself off from everyone. You've got an apathetic view towards community with others. Before you freeze out and make camp in that valley, it's time to get up and walk. Get out of that space. Do not let that what's the point apathetic mindset set in because here's why. As a church, we need your energy. We need your contributions. We need your love. We need your ideas. We need your creativity. In all honesty, we need your good knees and good backs. And here's what I specifically want you to know that I felt God put in my heart for you, young people. The shepherd loves you when no one else does. The shepherd always thinks you're enough. 
the shepherd sees more than future potential. Our God has a significant purpose for you now. You don't have to wait till when the kids grow up or when I finally graduate high school or when I, God has something significant and a purpose for you now. On the other end, some of you guys are a little bit older. And that valley of apathy feels and seems a lot different. There's a sound that echoes off those walls that sounds like this. It's too late for me now. What do I have to offer? Maybe you feel like your time for dreaming has passed. You feel like your season of impact is over. Same thing. Let me tell you, God is not done with you yet. I'm so glad that I've got a little bit of gray hairs and I see people out in the room with gray hair because that means they've been through stuff. They've walked through some valleys. They've come out better on the other side. I've seen a God that can do amazing things. And the same message that I gave to those young people, I give to you. Do not stay there in that place of apathy. Get up and walk. I pray this dreams come back to life for you. Purpose be restored. We need your experience, your wisdom, your love. We need your creativity as well. We need your ideas. Let me say it this way. Your perspective has not lost its value just because you got a few more wrinkles. There is no retirement season for God-given purpose. You are needed. You are valued. You are loved. I don't know why, but God just put this on my heart that we've got to stop with the what's the point? What good am I? Maybe my time's passed. Maybe my, I'm just not there yet. Nah, it's time to get out of that valley because if we stay in that valley, we'll always just kind of stay mid. We'll say, blah. It's time to get out of that and start walking into purpose and saying, I want to just do what God wants me to do. And it may not be easy and it might be a struggle, but I'm just going to start moving. I'm going to start walking. I'm going to start taking steps. I'm going to start step by step moving forward. Guys, it's the biggest thing. Dark valleys are not a place to set up camp. They're a season to walk through. Do not set up camp there. Walk through it. Keep walking. Keep moving. And we've been ending our messages with a song. And there's a song that they sang. And I asked Alex, just can you lead us in the bridge of that song? Because here's what it says. Part of my, it says, my heart has been in your sights. We have to remind ourselves, God's, he's always with us. And it says, long before my first breath, I'm running into your arms as running from life to death. Some of you guys feel like you're in a place of death where your dreams have died or where you don't know where your purpose is. It's time to run back to our good shepherd, the Father.